Therapy is a lot of things, but people pay us to be honest. I had a client one time, by the way, Alan, that I said something that she didn't like and she was aghast and she said, I pay you to agree with me. Again, one of the things I'm proud of is my comeback, which was I said, no, that actually costs more. I wanted her to, to, to know what I actually thought rather than what she wanted me to think. It starts right Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most? It starts right Hello, welcome back to our podcast, Start Right Here. I'm Tom Rutledge, and with me is Dr. Berger. How are you doing, Dr. Berger? Tom, it's great to see you again this week, and here we are getting to record another show. I know. It's like you and I have both said at times when we, when we end up doing like two on a, we record sometimes two at a time and then have a week off or something. It's weird on Sundays when we don't record. It's like we're, it's like we're, you're missing, we're missing something. All right, I've got something to confess. What is it? Me and I sat in here and pretended you were here. I did an empty chair with you on the screen, and I had a a podcast. It wasn't as good. Some some reason the monitor did not have the sense of humor that you. It didn't. It didn't have the quick comebacks. It's like (laughs) oh man, it was like the old megahertz, right? Like two megahertz or something like that. That would no. be a weird podcast to do where you, where you, one person goes like, you know, I think so-and-so, so, and then there's just silence. And you go like, ha, ha, I'm the one that told you that, you know? <laughs> I know, that would be, but no, I, you know, all jokes aside, it's, it's really great to be here. And look, we're, a lot of people are giving us some wonderful feedback in terms of, you know, yeah. finding that, that what we're talking about to be quite useful in terms of, and practical in their life, which is what you and I strive for. We just absolutely not interested. Well, well, that's and that's you know, and 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 I know. I mean, people people who do any number of kinds of things that are service oriented say this, but I mean, it's it's like, I mean, we really do mean this. It's, it's like the, the hearing from people and, and knowing what what resonates with them really does help us us it's like we both are we're both are old guys and grown-ups and if you if you have a criticism you have something that you don't like about whatever it's like don't worry we're not going to just assume, you know we're not just going to bowl, bowl over and collapse whatever but it's like happy to you know i've we both we both well we've both been writing with editors and publishers for for many decades so it's like we we know how we know how to you know, we become good sports about being being criticized and edited. So it's like I love to hear that stuff. But given our topic today was about relationship to self, I would love to start, if it's okay with you, with a with a just a piece of a short email I got from a from a listener uh, that uh, is in Sydney, Australia. I love think it really fits into our thing. It's like so. Sydney, tell us what's going on. Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Sydney, Australia. That's right. Sound <laughs> like Larry King. Sydney, Australia. Um, first of all, so I will read the part with in all caps. I'm loving the podcast. Yes, that, that helped me to, to, to decide to open it. Um, uh, the, the woman's talking about her own recovery. I won't go into the details of, of, of her stuff. She's dealing with some eating disorder things. And, and she said um, that, She's in recovery. She's finally in recovery after 15 years uh, of being in and out of hospitals. Um, this this time is different for many reasons, but mainly because I'm driving the bus. That's a metaphor you and I have used a bit about letting that authentic self drive the bus. Because I'm driving the bus. Of course, it makes all the difference in the world. It's like it really does. Recovering re- recovering from home, uh, Sydney, Australia, and proactively making the decisions that matter. Um, it's tough. It's tough, but uh, p- tough but effective, which is what tells me somebody's, you know, all the way hip deep in, into the real thing. Because it is. Because anybody tells you it's easy, yeah, they're not doing it. It's like so. It's tough for the Any anyway, uh, my request for you guys on the podcast is to go over some practical tips for turning 
to, for, or excuse me, for tuning into your authentic self. I think I've got it about identifying what you're not that, uh, but uh, you know, identifying what you are not, but there are some, uh, there, but if there's anything specific, uh, that we can talk about, about tuning into the authentic self. And what I would add to that would be basically make, making a daily practice of staying in tune with that authentic self, because we're going to, our attention is going to come and go from that. But I love that because when we've been talking about, you know, I've been doing some little summaries at the beginning of some of these saying that, you know, you learn about who you are by first learning who you're not. So you sort these, sort these, these saboteurs out, but then you get into the place where it's really about solution, you know, and it's like the solution is who am I? I mean, as corny as that is, who am I? And, you know, and we're, and we're not just the, the, this one thing I responded to her at some length too, because uh, because I, you know me, I can't write a short email. So, uh, so, so she probably got a lot more than she bargained for when I, when I responded back. But, but one of the things about that, what, that I was saying to her was, was, you know, there's a lot, there are many parts of our authentic self, but I think we're talking about right now. I think we're talking about when she says the, the, the bus, I think we're talking about the bus driver. I think we're talking about the, in, 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 uh, in my book, simple truth, uh, not simple truth. Um, the self-forgiveness handbook. I talk, I, I, by that time, this, 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 pl this place of that authentic self has the, the title for me of decision maker. It's the part, the part of us that is, that is at the core that makes the decisions that listens to all the people on the committee. You yeah. know, it can even listen to the crazy guys. It can even listen to the one who thinks I'm a piece of shit or thinks I should be drunk, but it, thank you for sharing and move on. But, but it's, so I think what we're talking about really is what this, this woman is talking about is being successful because she's driving the bus. Uh, and, um, and so I think we're talking about that decision maker. And, uh, and I think the idea of, of, you know, and one of the things I had asked her to do was just write, write a list of, of characteristics of that authentic self. Who, who are you? So I think that's a place to start. And the other uh, thing is to start, you know, how, we, how are we going to stay in touch with it? And to stay on the theme that you and I really strongly believe is that we're not only fragmented into villains, right? Into these. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But the healthy self is that's the part. That's the way I refer to it. Mm -hmm. It's also uh, multifaceted, right? There's different right. parts of the healthy self. There's the decision maker that mm -hmm. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's the wise self, the, mm -hmm. the sage that sits back and right. contemplates and right. thinks about what this really means and things. Right, like right. The, 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 there's, a, there's a nurturer. There's a, there's a tough, loving part. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. You see, and, and I, I think it's really important as people are thinking about, now, how do I have a health, healthier relationship with myself? You know, and, and this becomes an important thing. And Tom and I are now spelling out some of these things that the nurturer inside. <laughs> Another part of the healthy self is a playful part. And that comes out with you. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Absolutely. You seriously and mm -hmm. having a good time being able to laugh at stuff, mm -hmm. laugh at the absurdity, laugh at our outrageousness, laugh at our mm -hmm. perfectionism, things like that. Right. That's a healthy part of us too, right? Is that playful part of us? Yes. Um, I, I I like the other thing that you talked about at one point about listening to the second voice. So mm -hmm. it's also having some patience, right? That part mm -hmm. that we don't have to do everything right now. But there's mm -hmm. also a part of us that's healthy sometimes where you have to act immediately and you can't right. just sit back on your laurels or right. contemplate the situation. So so I think what we're what what's starting to emerge as we talk about this, you see. It, it, this is a very interesting concept, Tom. It, it really baffled me when I first introduced this in the or was introduced to this in the Gestalt therapy literature. Fritz Perls had a statement at once. He said, "The healthy person is a person with very little personality." Mm -hmm. Now, at the time that I read that, I was taking a graduate uh, level course in personality. It was a graduate mm -hmm. uh, seminar in personality. And we were reading all of these things like healthy personality, Bandura's stuff, all these other people looking at how they selected astronauts and all the personality tests that they gave them because they were looking for supposedly healthy people that they were going to be able to send into space and stuff like that. And then Fritz comes out with this idea after I, I'm struggling all you know semester long to figure out 
trying to integrate all this information I'm getting on, on personality theory. And Fritz says, well, a healthy person is a person without a personality. So in one minute, he just kind of wiped out the whole seminar. So I'm driving with Walt Kempler, my mentor, and I said, well, what the hell does this mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And he says, look, the issue here is that as soon as you start to identify yourself with one part of your personality, you become fixed. Mm-hmm. So if you're the guy that has the answer all the time, you've got to have the answer all the time. And a part of you that can be incompetent and not knowing and sit in uncertainty is going to be shut down. You're not going to use that part. He says, well, there's times, Al, when you're going to need to sit with uncertainty and not figure it out and just let yourself stay with that and see what evolves from that uncertainty. So what he was saying is that what you and I are starting to talk about is that the the wider the range that you have available to you of these different self parts, mm-hmm. meaning that as chairman of the board, I can call, hey, Mr. Sit with uncertainty, would you come forward for right, me right. today? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, decision maker, mm-hmm. we got to do this. We can't sit on this decision for another week. We need to make this decision. Right. Or, hey, um, wise one, we're in a mm-hmm. dilemma. What are some of the things mm-hmm. we need? think about it in in considering what to do that we need to have that full board absolutely at the meetings to be able to call on whoever we need as a resource at that particular moment right right and we're and we're yeah absolutely and and, you know i was teaching somebody uh not long ago in in a session uh how to develop uh i said you need to you need a director of the department of healthy apathy it's like you know, and that's ba- that's basically that's to me. I, I heard somebody one time just say uh, we were talking about a- a- what I was calling healthy apathy, and somebody says, "Is that like fuck it instead of fuck you?" And I, and I thought that's perfect. That is <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I love it when things are so simple, and you know, and of course, you know, then that becomes the jargon. But no, I love that idea that 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 uh, that in that decision maker, I think of is sort of the hub of the wheel of these, but I, but before we go further with that, I want, I think you've landed on something here that is, um, it's, it's, it's a visual for me. So I just want to, I'm going to draw, draw uh, things in the air with my hands. It's, but one of the things that bear with me, this is going to actually come back where we were, but it's one of the, th- one of the things that people have said to me from early on when I've been teaching about the, the separation and the, the dialogue with the self and all this other stuff is sometimes I've heard, uh, had the psychologist one time that said, said, Oh, you're fragmenting your client's personalities. He said this in the middle of a workshop, which I was very proud of myself. I, because my response was, I said, well, yeah, but that's good for business. And, and, and everybody in that group room thought it was funny except for him, but it's, but, but he, we were okay. It's, it's, uh, but the idea is, but, but like, if I'm paying attention, those questions help us think things through. It's like, and what I, re- what I realized is the ones we're talking about initially, where we started with this idea of this, this excavation mission of digging ourselves out from under these toxic parts of ourselves, the, the addictions, the, the, tell the parts of us that tell us we're pieces of shit, you know, the condemnations of these are not things that actually, these are not parts of us that came with us. These are parts. These are these, these characters in our play are metaphors, uh, personifications and metaphors of, of for, for lessons, the lessons we've learned since we've been here on planet earth, you know, since, since we picked up, they are not actually parts of our authentic self. They are toxic. They are toxic programs. And so one, one of the things about that, that's why we can separate from our addiction and stay separate from my addiction. We do not have to integrate it. People can sometimes work with other kinds of systems like with uh, Dick Source's system of, of uh, in, in family system, inner family systems. You say, well, you got to integrate that. You're like, no, not in, this, not in the way we do it, not in the way I do it. It's like, no, because that's not actually part of me. My, my alcoholism sits over there so that I can keep an eye on it. Yeah. You know, people's eating disorder sits over there so you can always keep an eye on it. You don't want it to get, you know, you want it in your line of sight because, because it's better to, to be able to do that. But you know, what, what, what we're, what we're talking about and what this, this uh, woman's email is about is about once you can begin to push, and that's what I call recovery from, we're recovering from what's toxic. 
Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that, that's the part that was in simple truth. Recovering from what's toxic. So you clear the space so that you can use the, the, the word recovery in a second way, which is to recover who I really am. I'm going to recover from so, so, so I can have the recovery of. And, uh, and that's what we're talking about. And when we get there, the fun begins. Because like you said, now we're talking about really being able to, to flesh out all the different parts of us and even develop new ones. Like, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like, that's what sometimes people go, Oh, you're going to make me even crazier. And I go, well, I certainly hope so. It's like, you know, the, but the, but the idea, some people never thought about needing to have a director of the, of, you know, of, of the department of, of, uh, who gives a shit, you know, apathy. It's, it's like, sometimes that's a good thing. Not always a good thing, but, but we gotta, but we gotta know when, you know, when, to, when to call on them. That's right. Yeah. And so, so that's what we're, what we're saying is, is that there's not any one part that's going to determine if we're healthy or not. Is what it is. It's right. going to be the coordination of these different parts of ourselves. And you know, and and I like how you're saying it. The way that I like to to phrase it, and it's very similar to what you're saying. See, I say it's what's right about us that causes trouble, not what's wrong about us. And and what I mean by that is that we ignore what's right about us and we pay attention to what's wrong with us mm -hmm. by ignoring what's right about us. We're not able to bring to bear all of this richness that each of us have. And you know, that's yeah. where you and I get, that's where I get so excited and I see it in you too. Yeah. Yeah. See people discovering ways of dealing with things and coping with things and being excited about it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know. It's it's it is it's such a sacred honor to be a part of that. That say that again. What what you started with? It's what's right about us. It's what's right about us that we ignore that creates our problems. It. It's so cool. The, the timing of that could not be better. I was in a conversation with a client on on Friday, and uh, and one of the things I was saying to her was I, I said, you know, you always can find these, these negative things about yourself, but it's because you're always looking for them. And, 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 and I've known her quite a long time. And, and, and I was, in, but as she was talking, I just, for some reason, it fits into this perfectly. I said, let me tell you some of the things that I, that I heard that, uh, in what you just said that were about real amazing qualities of yours, because, because I knew her, I know her not well enough to where I really know who she is. And it's like, like, and that's exactly what we were. I never, that's, that just puts into words exactly what we were experiencing because, because I was going like, she, we were looking at the exact same thing, the stories that she was telling about what was going on and we we're seeing entirely different things. And, and it's like all of it, all of it was real. It was, I mean, her, her, her over the top, condemnation was not true but she was pointing to things that were you know some shortcomings or I, I wasn't able to do this like you know basically things I can't change I can't change this person well no you can't and and that kind of stuff but she, but she was overlooking all the wonderful things yeah there you go there you go that's I it I love that part and that's yeah. and that, that creates a lot of trouble in our life because we you know, I alienate myself from these parts of myself that are so important. Uh, I love Theodore Isaac Rubin wrote a book called Self-Compassion and Self-Hate. And it's really, he was, um, he, he was a, a brilliant man. In fact, he, he suffered from an eating disorder. He got into recovery for his eating disorder. Hmm. And so he was a PhD and he wrote a lot about, um, didn't write specifically about recovery, but wrote about these issues. Um, what, he has another book on decision-making. Those mm -hmm. are his two books, self-hate and decision-making. And one of the things he said is self-hate is any act, thought, or belief that acts against the true self. Mm. Any wow. act, thought, or belief that acts. And he says, and a lot of times our self-hatred is 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 like a just a current that's underneath what we do all the time when we experience this is when yeah. it really breaks we have these peak moments of self-hate where we've really done something that we berate ourselves for he says but underneath that that's you know it's it's per percolating all the time is what his, his idea was mm -hmm. then he goes on to say self-compassion is any act belief or attitude that 
now supports your true self or your authentic self. Okay. Because what that does was first, I love that. And, and uh, I have not read these books. So tell me this guy's name again. Dr. Theodore Isaac Rubin. R-U-B-I-N is his name. And, and, you know, when he wrote that, it's like, oh, my God. Everything that we talk about, all the villains, that's mm-hmm. the self-hate, the manifestation of it. Every yeah. villain is trying to hurt us, is trying to destroy us, is acting against us. Well, and the underlying thing you're talking about is what, you know, that I would imagine, I don't know when he wrote these books, but he probably didn't have, we didn't have the technology we have today. But the, in the language of the technology is I, what I, what I say I've discovered about myself eventually look, with hindsight is, you know, that self-hatred is like a default setting. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 you know, it's like, and I, and even when I, if I look at it and use that, that kind of metaphor, I can go like, I could go in and manually change the setting, yes. but whenever I would reboot, I would always reboot back into the default setting. Yeah. It's like, so I, you know, what I had to realize is that, cause I, cause I, I go like, I, that happens to me all the time with my, my technology that I don't understand why does this thing keep going back to the way it was when I don't, when I want it to be different. It's yeah. like, but that definitely was the case in terms of, and what that does is it puts us in a place where we, when you start to ask somebody about their true self, their authentic self, it's a very scary thing because they'll look at you with, the, with some form of the deer in the headlights, which is like, because the big, you know, the, the, and what I always want people to know, what, what listeners know is they know if this is a new question for you, understand that if you're sitting there going like, I don't know, right. then you're in the right place. It's, it's, it's a little bit like the woman on, in the Thursday night meeting last week that's, that just, you just asked the question, the simple question is, is, is fear part of this early recovery? You know, and, and what I just said was, yes. I just, <laughs> and she, but I noticed I didn't have to say anything else. She just said, okay, good. She's like, I want people to know, you want people to know, no, a lot of times these really scary places are landmarks that tell you you're on the right track. You know, it's like, no, no, it's, it's like, and, and what you're talking about is why, that true self, that authentic self is such a mystery. And it's because these other things have occupied us. Yes. And, and, and they, and they have, if we, if we follow, if we take that metaphor a little farther, they do basically possess us and impersonate us and they do claim to be us. Yes. You know, they don't, they, you know, that's, you know, we're the ones who come in and make, and make that, uh, use that, pronoun therapy that that uh, that uh, that Carol, our friend our friend Carol reminds me of a lot of times the pronoun therapy of like saying no that voice needs to say Alan you are bad not so that you're not saying I am bad it's like you change that pronoun you are bad now now you may go I do I believe it but you go like now you have an op- opportunity to disagree with it that's right that distance that space that creates possibility that's yep. what we talk about all the time is that always create space between you and the issue so that you've got some room to move, right? right. Room to maneuver is, is the even, way. Even if it's that, like you and I have talked about that, what I call reasonable doubt. It's like, you know, maybe I'm not a complete fucking idiot. Right. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's good. That's, that's movement from where I was yesterday. It's like, that's fine. In a complete- it's, it's, I, I mean, seriously, it's, it's like people, it's like, yeah, because the, the stuff I don't, don't trust is when somebody thinks they're going to they're gonna just convince me to just fall deeply in love with myself instantly. You know, it's, it's like, you know, no, that's probably not going to happen that way. But the idea that you could poke, begin the process of poking holes in the fact that, you know, maybe, this, maybe these other voices are lying to me. Right. So here, here's a good thing that, to, that I wanted to share with our listeners in terms of what they can do to, because the, the question that I'm answering, let me say that before I answer it. So well, ask the question first, Alan, and then answer it. <laughs> My wife would appreciate that. By the way, I used to just start in like I've already had talk to her about the situation. I just <laughs> well, details. Don't be bothered with details. It's like... <laughs> So the question that you get and I get a lot is how do I know that this is my authentic self, right? How yes, do I know yes. that this is – so I, I do an interesting experience with people. Actually, it's an experiment. So I say mm-hmm. let's, do, let's take a situation that you're struggling with. Let's say 
um, I want I want to take this class. So what I and but I'm not sure. I'm in conflict over it. Another part of me is afraid of taking it and stuff like that. So how do I know where it's good judgment or not? So what I say is, all right. So say I don't want to take it. I'm, I don't want to take the class. So just make that declaration. Then they do that. Mm -hmm. And now I say, all right, so pause and listen to yourself. What happens in your body when you say that? Because, you know, you and I talk about the, the body is the mind and the mind is the body. There's no right. separation from it. And we can listen to our bodies to know what's going on with us, not mm -hmm. just go to our mind to figure it out, right? Then I'll say, okay, I want to take the class. Now say that. And now sit quiet for a minute. Mm -hmm. Now do the first one again. I don't want to take the class. So they say that. I have them sit. Just pay attention. Don't even tell me what's going on. Now say I want to take the class. Describe to me the difference. Yep, what did yep. you experience in terms of the difference? I can't tell you how many times, whatever the issue is, is that we're doing that around, right? I want to take this trip. I don't want to take it. I want to visit my parents. I don't want to. Whatever we're talking about, right? When they listen to themselves in that way, when they quiet everything else down, when they feel it, authentic self starts to come through. Well, when you do that too, the, the interesting thing is, is, is unless you have somebody who's just there's every now and then you get somebody that's just really kind of difficult to read, but it's like most people, by the time they go through that exercise, before they even acknowledge what the answer is, we know. That's because right. we watched them and heard them. In your body, we see that when they're going against their true self, mm -hmm. there's conflict. That's so right. so that's, the, that's the measure, right? So if you're wondering, if you're, if you're pushing something and it's not going easy and all that other stuff, then it's, it's your false self that's likely to be in charge and demanding things be a certain way. Because as soon as you start to operate from what Tom and I are talking about, you, you dance better with life. That's right. So I, I even have a name for that. It's I've done it by, as it seems to be always the case, whatever you've done, I've, you know, I've done some version of that myself. I call it trying it on. It's like I was, when somebody's trying to do, I'll say, try a decision on. And sometimes I'll do that. We'll do that in the session, but sometimes we can just say, just, just, there's two other ways I've had people do that. So just try it on for a while. Just, just, just say it now, say it out loud, and then just kind of see what, what happens over the next you know, hours or whatever. The other thing is I have people write position papers. It's like, I say, okay, write a position. I wrote, I had somebody most, most recently it was about a relocation thing they were trying to do. And so I said, now here's the, the, the rule is when you write the position paper that you're going to move to this, to this city. I mean, this is only the part of you who absolutely wants to go to that city, wants to go to that city. It's like the others are not allowed to, to speak. They can't write. They can't. And it's like, you write, you write these two position papers and, uh, and, and then, you know, bring them in, we'll read them and that kind of stuff. But in, in the, you know, got back to it, said, do, you know, we want to read your position papers. And she said, don't have to. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, and then she let me, she did let me read, read them. And it, was, like, it was crystal clear once she had wrote, written about it, you know, and I tell people when they make a position paper, uh, put, put themselves in a bit of a harness. Don't do it longer than a page. Just a short, just, a, just make your point. And try it on. And people, and what you're talking about too is you're talking about putting people in touch with their own wisdom. Uh, and we're talking, and we're really talking about something that is pivotal here, which is teaching people that they can trust themselves. There's two goals that I think that you and I share when we work with someone is one is getting people interested in themselves again. And yep. then the second one is getting them to have faith in themselves again. Yeah. And being able to trust themselves. That's or, or sometimes for the first time. That for the first time in their life for a lot. Yeah, of so, sometimes, it's, it's, sometimes it's a rehab. Sometimes it's, <laughs> it's just a hab. It's like we, we just have to, you know, the, the, sometimes people have, and that's really hard. And, and, and I want people to understand if, if, stu if stuff that seems sort of to your brains simplistic but is very seems complex and difficult to apply it's like you know don't buy into the bullshit of, of the, they're trying where they're trying to you know because we always trying to those guys are trying to attack us and tell us we're even doing therapy wrong it's like no it's because this stuff is so foreign it's like if nobody has ever said to you i mean it's you know it's corny to the point but it's true it's like if nobody ever said it's like you know 
sometimes it's just, I'm right here. I got you. I got your back. A lot of people have never experienced that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have never experienced being truly protected. And very often, many people have found that, that, and you don't have to come from the worst, horrible, most horrible family for this to be the case, but that the, the people who are, who are in charge of protecting you are also, at least to some degree, perpetrators, that they actually hurt you. That's confusing as hell to a child growing up. So, right. so as far as the, the, that going to how do I trust, just, just the, the, the big question, trust, forget what or who, how do I trust? It's like, you know, we, we tend to trust what is familiar, and a lot of times that's what the most negative beliefs are. They're familiar. That's right on. That's, that's very well, well stated. And, 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 you know, if you're out there and you're listening to this, and this is some new information, so, some new jargon for you, right, new concepts and stuff like that, you know, start with this idea about getting interested in yourself again because from that grows a lot of good things, right? Because yeah. if we talk about start right here, start with that one. It starts yes. there with that concept. And, and this is how, how you might be able to, to embrace it is what, who you think you are and what you think you know about yourself is, is only partially true. Mm -hmm. That there are so much, it's like the iceberg, right? You only see 10%. Mm -hmm. I think for most of us, we're only aware of, of a very small portion of who we really are. And the reason is, is because we've all developed along these lines of wanting to have certainty. So we don't just hang out with ourselves in the uncertainty and see what evolves is we want we want to have an answer. We want to be a certain right. way. We want to have an identity. I, right. You know, and, and that's and I'm not faulting that. I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing to do. We all need to do that. But what it does is it gets you thinking, just like what Tom and I were saying earlier. It gets you thinking that this is who I am. It's back to the pronouns. Right. It, it becomes. It becomes. Yeah. You. It's. Yeah. It's. It's identity sort of set in in concrete. It, it, it's it's very interesting thing. The untethered soul. I can't remember Michael. Um, I can't remember his name right now. Michael Singer. He has a very interesting line. He says, "It will be hard to find yourself in what you think you've needed to do to define yourself." You have to say that one. Say that again. You get it? that's great. I love it. It, it, it will be again. hard to find yourself in what you've constructed to define yourself. And it's a very interesting, I, I'm, I'm a little looser about that because I think that who we are is a part of what we've constructed or else we couldn't construct mm -hmm. it. I can't mm -hmm. be anything that I am, even though I will take on things. I, I, you know, I, the one way I say, when we build a false self, it's like we, we turn to our neighbor and say, hey, can I build my house over on your land? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> as we take somebody else's land. <laughs> and, and we construct on these ideas, right? These are, like you said, they're not us. These are not. Right, this right. is not who we are. This is who we think we've got to be. This is all that other nonsense that goes on. And I, and it, but it's a very interesting thing. So when I say get interested in yourself, it's like you are a treasure chest that you haven't discovered yet. Mm -hmm. And when you unlock this thing and you finally find it, you're going to get your mind is going to be blown. You won't have to drop acid <laughs> to have a good. <laughs> I mean, the trip is going to be, and when you open that that treasure chest and you just realize just the different levels of this of this awareness of this evolving of this understanding and how you know it's like a thirty foot deep tiramisu. <laughs> I mean, with mm -hmm. all these different layers of cake and some great stuff and then some stuff that you might not like and then other great stuff and it's all in there and it's exciting as hell when you get to that point of, of being interested in yourself again. But for, uh, going back to my point, but first, before it's exciting as hell, it's going to be scary as hell. It's, it's like, because that and opening up the possibility that, that, that what you've done and everything you've built your life on may be not in your best interest? Well, we're, we're talking about, because one of the things we're saying here, Alan, is we're, we're talking about a, a total shift in paradigm. It's like one of the things you talked about uncertainty. One of the things that I 
but by the time I finished writing the embracing fear book, I don't think it's, I don't think this point is in the book because you know how this is when you spend that much time with a subject, you end up knowing more about it when you're done and you go like, Oh, that probably should have been in the book. It's like, you know, but, but what I, I think what I learned from spending time with the, that, that subject was that, and, and this may seem obvious to other people, but I don't think I really fully got it until I done this process is that human beings, we fear uncertainty more than we fear anything else. I mean, we, you know, we, and I, I say we hate change. We fear uncertainty. You know, the, the only thing certain about life is change, which, which also means, by the way, I have to throw in the punchline that we are the only species on the planet that actually lives in fear of the nature of life, you know, but it's, we, and we, but we do that, but, but it's like, so, because one of the things that, that, that becomes necessary along the way to fully, to fully let this all in, to fully embrace this stuff is that shift of paradigm of like, of like the answer is not going to come. It's not going to be this, you know, what are you, you know, what do you, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit like the question people ask all the time. What do, what do you do? You know, and that, you know, and that usually means what's your job, you know, I, I, I had a friend that used to answer the, he's, he, people would say, what do you do? He'd say about what? It's like, and I just love that. It's, 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 give me a circumstance. I'll tell you what I would do. But, I'm, you know, and he never told anybody what he did. It's like for a living. It's like, I don't think I ever, I ever saw him do that. But, but, but he, he certainly started many great conversations. But we're talking about embracing the multitude of fascinating things that we are and people and all, the, all that's inside of us. And it's yeah. like, and it doesn't fit into a nice, neat little package. I don't think, does it? Mine hasn't yet. Mine hasn't, and I don't think we ever are going to. But, and, and, and I just want to jump on the back of what you're just saying is, is that, see, I think there's also in our culture this fear of, of pain and difficulty. Mm-hmm. We have a culture that says, you know, let's, let's, let's quickly move away from pain, right? Don't life should be easy, right? That kind of a thing. It's, it's that, it's that obsession. So there, there is a a phobia around this kind of stuff. And that's why Scott Peck, when he wrote the book entitled it, the road less traveled, it resonated to so many of us that were therapists because we understood that when those people walk in our doors, they're walking in because they're desperate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the last recourse. They didn't want to be there. It's like going to the dentist when your tooth is hurting mm-hmm. so damn much. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you're going to go in. It's going to be uncomfortable. But in the dentist, you have some sense that when he does the work, it's going to get better. Right. They walk into the therapist's office. They're not sure what's going to happen. That's <laughs> the uncertainty. That's why we don't get as many people. <laughs> And the therapy is they go to the dentist's office. What, what are we, what are we going to do next session? Ah, we're just going to do some more drilling. That's, yeah, well, that's fun. That's, can't wait for me. <laughs> it's a horrible, it's a horrible job. It's a Novocaine, right? You've got to feel every ounce of that drill on your tooth. Oh my so God. you're a better person. My mm-hmm. God. <laughs> And you're going, oh, no, no, but you're, you're absolutely right. Because, because the idea is, yeah, because, well, even, even just, I, th- I sometimes will think about that just even as the word problem, you know, it's, it's like one of the things I think about is, is you know, people think, you know, having a problem is a problem and go like, well, you know, we solve problems. That's how we live our lives. You know, one, we, we solve a problem and then, and one, one, this is kind of a simplistic way of looking at it, but one solution is the next problem. So I, you know, I, you know, I had to get, I had to get back to the house because it was time to do our, uh, you know, I was out, out in the back, the back of our, our property with my dog. And I realized oh, I got to get back to the house because I'm in the wrong place. I got, I've got to be ready to do the recording. And so I solved the problem down here. Now, when we finish here, I will be in the wrong place because I will now want to be back outside with my dog. So I have to solve that problem. Now, we don't think of those as problems, but basically that's what we're doing. We're, we're basically over looking at the situation. What do I need to have different now? And then the other thing, and of course, you know, my little one-liner I have up on the wall in my therapy office is always move towards your demons because they take their power from your retreat. You know, because literally they don't become neutral. If you 
cringe from them. We, you know, you've seen this in workshops. I've done this show people. You cringe from that, those, those scary things, the things that scare sometimes. And sometimes there are those negative parts of ourselves, but sometimes they're just scary things. And, 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 and we, we are actually handing power over to making them more powerful by, you know, not leaning into it and saying, and, and having faith, like you said, the second part, faith in ourselves. You can do this. Because so, part of one of my favorite parts of doing this for a living is to be the person who is, I mean, one, we do many therapy is many things, but one of them is we have this amazing privilege to witness people's lives and they let us in and we witness this process and to be there at those times where it's, you know, and I think we, we can contribute lots of different things, but one of the, my favorite things to contribute is that belief and to be able to look at that person and say, go for it. You can do it. You know, I'll be, I'll be right here. Uh, you know, it's like, but they, they, but they're doing that. They're leaning into it. They're finding out that what scares them will not destroy them. Yeah, that's right. That's and problems right. aren't necessary problems. And, and, and that is, that's the treasure chest that we're talking about. Yeah. Right? The second part of this, after you find a way to be interested in yourself and you start digging in, in, into, into these issues. Yeah. You're going to, there's going to be moments that are difficult and challenging, but overall the arc of therapy, right. Is that there's that movement towards more and more confidence in our capacity to cope. Mm-hmm. And to deal with life on life's terms, and in that, there's a certain freedom in that. that Absolutely, no, that's that's right. And when I when I've talked to people about when we talk about fear, we talk about reassurance. We talk about how often people with with good intentions reassure in horrible ways, you know, but then they actually are reassuring with minimizations and criticism. Like if I tell you I'm afraid, I'm afraid of something, I'm afraid to fly, and you say, "Oh, well, don't be." And I go, oh, well, thank you a lot there, Alan. I appreciate that. <laughs> that helps so much. I mean, it's so much more helpful if you say, well, that must really suck if you have to fly. You know, then I go like, okay, well, that, because basically, but, but sometimes the reassurance I tell people in their intrapersonal landscape, when that bully tells you, when that scary voice says, that prophet says, if you do this, you'll be sorry because this horrible thing is going to happen. The best thing we can say is, I'm willing to risk it. Yeah, that's right. That's right, right? I am willing to take that. I, I'm willing to risk it. It's like, and that's what you're talking about, going, believing in yourself to go, like, no, I, I'm not saying, no, everything's going to be okay. It's like, I don't know that, right. but I, I, I will risk it. And we don't know that. And that's why we won't tell anybody that, that we can't give them that kind of reassurance. We, what, no, I don't want I, I, you know, I want credibility. So it's, it's like, you know, it's. Yeah, we, I, I think people, like I say, therapy is a lot of things, but people pay us to be honest. I had, I had a client one time, by the way, Alan, that she, she, I said something that she didn't like and she was aghast and she said, she said, I pay you to, to I pay you to agree with me. It's like, uh, and again, one of the things I'm proud of is my comeback, which was, I said, no, that actually costs more. It's like, you know, I, I, I hadn't figured that out yet, but I figured, well, there's got to be a price. I would, you know, if she right. pay me pay me a certain amount. I would agree with her on everything, but, but, uh, no, I, she, I wanted her to, I wanted her to, to, to know what I actually thought rather than what she wanted me to think. So I went to this weekend with uh, a priest, father Richard Rohr, mm-hmm. and it was, was a male initiation weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, we, yes. I remember you talking about this. We've talked about back in the video uh, series. Yeah. So, so just for those people that haven't seen the video series, I mean, go back and watch that video. Mm-hmm. There was some magical moments. That's cool stuff. That was just when COVID was hitting, and there was mm-hmm. a honest to what we were doing. Yeah. You only can capture when you're in that context. <laughs> There's a few moments of the the picture of us walking into a supermarket or into a, into a grocery store and stuff. It's like going into combat. I mean, I well, remember- yeah, it, well, it was one of the things that, you know, a, cl- a client of mine really helped me put it into perspective to say that, you know, he said, you probably are not used to doing therapy with people all day long who are actually experiencing the, the same thing you're experiencing in your life in terms of, in terms of fear and anxiety. And I, and I said, well, that explains why I'm more exhausted at the end of the day, so you know? True. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that 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 was real. That was an interesting. I'm glad we videotaped ourselves during that time. That was no, because that was that captured a moment in time that that will mm-hmm. never be 
you know, hopefully, of course. Right. We didn't know. We didn't know that we were going to be. We wouldn't. Have, we would never have guessed that we'd be sitting here right now, still right. doing this, doing the the hiding out thing. But but that weekend was very important to me. And and next time I'll I'll, I'll definitely try to be better organized. Mm-hmm. It just came up. I'll find. I wrote some poetry during that time. And the poetry was during those sessions because what we would do is we'd have this talk and an experience and then we'd have to go sit and in a circle by ourselves for three hours and reflect, mm-hmm. which first of all, I had, you know, I don't sit with myself for three hours and do anything, right? I mean, at that point in time, it's not your strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting somewhere for three hours, especially in a 10 foot diameter circle. You can't leave that circle. And now I, I never left the circle. I didn't know what would happen if God would all strike you. And there would yeah. be lightning bolts all on your feet. And it, it, it would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Richard was connected, so I didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't want to push my luck on him. <laughs> but, but, but there was there's those certain things about sometimes poetry captures an experience that 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 in a certain way. So I'll share a few of those things. But, but I was thinking about this thing about this this obsession about our fear of pain and our fear of suffering. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know that when a person finds, and this is what my sponsor Tom said to me. Tom McCall, he says, you know, Al, I used to think it was a matter of trust in my recovery, but I realized the more I've thought about it, it's more a matter of finding courage, finding courage to face the things that I didn't want to face, finding courage to look at the parts of myself that I was afraid of looking at, finding the courage to open myself up and be vulnerable with another person because I was always, always concerned about whether I could trust them or not. And he said that I found that my courage or finding my courage and being able to tap into that was one of the most important things I did for myself in recovery. So we just want to leave that with everybody, you know, sometimes and and courage is to sometimes say, I don't have courage. It's not. See, that's yes. And, but, but that, that would, I mean, not, it's not unusual that I'm in awe of something that Tom has, has said, but, but, I love that because what it does is it, it, it leaves it with each of us. It's like the courage is doing it. The courage is, it is, it is, you do not measure that whether or not the payoff is, oh, and that worked out just fine, or that person really came through for me. This, this is one of the harder lessons, and I think that emotional sobriety stuff that, that you write about, that you, that you talk about, that Bill Wilson had, had uh, written about, and that we talk about on a Thursday night meeting, it's like that's um, – you know, I mean, that's it. I mean, it is, it is just that courage to do it and to know that when you've done that, that part, that's done. Yeah. You've done it. And you need, you need that. You, and talk about wonderful things about ourselves. We need to log that in and you do not have to wait around for the grade to come back. And let's make this part one. I'd like to continue this discussion because okay. I just, Good. you know, developing a healthier relationship with ourselves is such an important thing. So we laid out some things. Next time we get together, we'll we'll start to try to weave these into some more practices that you can use. Yeah, let's do that. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah some very specific practices. Yeah. So how do people get in touch with you, Tom? What are you- uh, my my uh, website is uh, tomrutledge.com. Uh, lots of you know, all, all the information that you need to know, more than you want to know about me is on and there. And you can also register to, for my email list and uh, find, you know, find our video series is on there you know, and lots of free freebie uh, downloads. Yep. My website is www.abphd.com. And How many W's is it? There's three W's. W- <laughs> <laughs> Your point, period. W, 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 w. And we have some new stuff. Yes. A, a, I'm sorry, abphd.com. That's Alan's website. Email address, abphd at msn.com. So if you need to mm-hmm. for anything, right. just a show or an issue that you'd like us to talk about, Tom and I are always open. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And Patrick said that, that we have, like, uh, uh, yeah. some new things. Yes, an Instagram and a Twitter account. 
So pretty soon we're going to be social media mean or whatever you call so, it. So, well, the, so the, 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 of course, I wasn't paying attention when, when Patrick was talking to us. But it was, uh, the, is it like start right here? Start is, that, is, that, is that how they find the, the Twitter account and the, and the, and the Instagram? Is that right? <laughs> Patrick, Patrick is giving me the thumbs up. So I'm right. We're going to be showing some of your wonderful PowerPoints, the photos and stuff that you've been putting together so well. They'll be on our Instagram account. And so Yay. start following us. If you like our show, please tell everybody about it. If you don't like our show, please tell everybody about it. In Hollywood, mm. all, all publicity is good publicity. That's right. All publicity is, that's right. Just, just, just say, I, every now and then I've seen a movie that's so bad that I'll just decide to tell other people, I'll go like, you've got to see this. That's right. and, and, and what I'm not telling them is horrible, but I was going, you've got to see this movie. Did you ever see Billy Jack? Yes. Love Billy Jack. Oh my, one of my favorite movies in the world. <laughs> Patrick, have you seen Billy Jack yet? You got to come into this conversation. Oh, but my, uh, my dad always tells me that when Billy Jack takes his boots off, you know, that, uh, the shit's about. Oh to man. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're not, you, you, my you, favorite parts in the movie when he's standing in the square and I think they filmed it in Sonoma and I was right in that park where mm -hmm. they filmed it. And he's surrounded by all these guys from the ranch Posner's ranch. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and he's sounding and the Posner comes up to him. Okay. Big, big, tough green beret guy. You know, <laughs> now what you're going to do about it. And Billy takes his hats off and scratches the top of his head for a minute and starts to take off his cowboy boots and Posner's look like, what the hell is he doing? He goes, you know, Posner, you know what I think I'm going to do just for the hell of it? I'm going to take my left foot and I'm going to put it right up here on the right, <laughs> on the left side of your cheek. And you know what? There's not going to be a damn thing you can do. <laughs> and then he does this inside out crescent kick and I <laughs> He, he, I know he, he backhands him with his foot. That's what he does. <laughs> Inside out, but we worked out. I was in taking karate, and I mean, it's like my favorite line almost, almost as good, as good as any Clint Eastwood line. You know, you just got to think the one thing did he, did he, was there? Five? That's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, one, one, of, one of the dirty, hairy lines I use a lot that is very appropriate to therapy is like, a man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> well, all right, we'll so have, we'll, I'm back for tea for, for movie trivia. That's right. Joe, we'll be talking about uh, shows you don't want to see. That's right. We'll try to even maybe say something helpful. That's right. We could. We'll That's also right. try to do that. All right. All right. Stay Next safe. week. It's a spiral, not a circle. Goes round, round, round. Before solutions, be your own friend. Never say never in either direction. Look in the mirror, trust the reflection.